0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. My name is Tsepo H. Maloa, and welcome to yet another episode of The Frozen Thoughts Diary. Emotional Intimacy. That's what I would like to speak to you about today. Emotional Intimacy. What is it? How can it be defined? How can it be characterized? Why is emotional intimacy so important? Why is it that some people cannot experience emotional intimacy as they would love to? What prevents us from being emotionally intimate with others? How can we move beyond that fear of emotional intimacy? These are just some of the questions I've been asking myself for weeks, and I finally got to this point where I can now record this Frozen Thoughts diary for you in an attempt to explore all these questions and more. Emotional intimacy. It's something that so many people long for, but so many are afraid of. Isn't it amazing that you can be surrounded by friends, by loved ones, and even by a loving romantic partner and still sometimes lack that true intimacy in your life. I'm not talking about the intimate times in that sense, but rather true emotional intimacy. Not just being physically intimate with one another, but to have true emotional intimacy. That ability to sit down and have an in-depth heart-to-heart with someone and to really feel a connection that goes beyond the surface. That is something that everyone needs in their life and something that can contribute greatly to feelings of happiness and contentment. The ability to be able to express ourselves, the ability to show ourselves and feel like we are known and know another. That's what intimacy is all about. This is something that everyone needs in their life and something that can contribute greatly to who we are. But where does such a feeling come from? And what can you do to cultivate it? How do you know when you find it? Do you have emotional intimacy in your life? Because emotional intimacy is not something you can only have with a romantic partner. You can have an emotionally intimate relationship with a friend with a parent or with siblings even what this really means is that you have the ability to speak openly and freely without holding back it means you feel a connection and are able to express yourself freely have you ever had a really great conversation with a friend that you didn't expect oftentimes alcohol would be involved and you'd probably be sitting over drinks across the table in a pub or at a party or whatever the case may be and you sit somewhere and you put the world to 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 rights basically you you express how you are really feeling or you, you let this person do the same and you realize that you actually You are both going through many of the same things and suddenly you don't feel so alone. Suddenly you feel understood. Suddenly you feel like you know that friend that much better and crucially, you feel much better about whatever it was that was giving you sleepless nights before. Just by being able to have an honest and open conversation, that is the true basis of emotional intimacy. Being able to show self, and being able to appreciate another. That is emotional intimacy. And if it's something you experience often, then you are fortunate to have it. This is the opposite of small talk, and, and, and almost all our conversations and relationships fall somewhere between the two on the spectrum, somewhere in between emotional intimacy and perpetual small talks and if you have a large number of friends but you aren't particularly close with any of them then you might find that you don't really share that deeper connection maybe when you're maybe when you are on your own together you aren't really sure what to say that is a sign that you lack emotional intimacy in that relationship so what exactly is emotional intimacy emotional intimacy or what is sometimes labeled Psychological intimacy has been identified as the glue of all relationships and is thought to be experienced in, in all types of close personal affiliations. According to the Webster's New World Dictionary, the word intimacy derives its meaning from the Latin intimus, meaning innermost, or pertaining to the Inmost character of a thing, fundamental, essential, most private or personal. I'm gonna define read that definition again. The word intimacy derives its meaning from the word from the Latin "intimus," meaning innermost, or pertaining to the inmost character of a thing, fundamental, essential, most private, or personal. Now from this meaning you can begin to already understand why it is so hard for so many people to reach a level of emotional intimacy that is fulfilling, that is joy-feeling, that is all-encompassing because it pertains to the innermost character of one, of one being. It it pertains to, to the most fundamental, most essential parts of who I am. And it, it pertains to the most private and personal parts of me. And this is something not everyone is always able to, to share about themselves. Some, some people or some young adults at times, they struggle to expose and, and share their innermost self so as to fuse his or her identity with others in a variety of ways, including peer friendships, sexual relations, relationships with teachers, with colleagues and others. And if this fusion is not successfully achieved, the person, the, the adult, faces social isolation resulting in self-absorption most often than not. And this fusion of the identities of two individuals who have a deep concern for one another is what Erikson called Intimacy. Erikson also stated that intimacy is the capacity to commit self to concrete affiliations and partnerships and to develop the ethical strength to abide by such commitments even though they may call for significant sacrifices and compromises i'm just going to quote that from erickson once more erickson stated that intimacy is the capacity to commit oneself to concrete affiliations and partnerships and to develop the ethical strength to abide by such commitments, even though they may call for significant sacrifices and compromises. And then there was also another theorist in the same area of emotional intimacy, D.H. Olson, who, who described that there are seven types of intimacy that we can experience being emotional intimacy experiencing a closeness of of feelings or social intimacy the experience of having common friendships and similarities in social networks intellectual intimacy the experience of sharing ideas sexual intimacy the experience of sharing general affection and or sexual activity than this recreational intimacy which is shared experiences of interest in hobbies or mutual participation in sporting events or etc spiritual intimacy the experience of showing ultimate concerns a similar sense of meaning in life and or religious faith or belief in god an aesthetic intimacy the closeness that results from the experience of sharing beauty. This is according to D.H. Olson, who has described the seven types of intimacy. Now, for one to fully experience emotional intimacy in their lives, they might have to go through all this phase or most of these forms of intimacy in order to truly get to know one another. Now, how does one cultivate or find emotional intimacy we often experience emotional intimacy and deep connection at the very beginning of relationships before the conflict starts before we start getting fed up with one another and but can we maintain that wonderful intimacy in a long-term relationship because in the beginning of a relationship it's all fires it's all exciting but how does one maintain that level of intimacy? Think back to a time when you, when you felt really close and connected with your partner. A time when you felt emotionally intimate with him or her. Think about a time when you felt light and playful with your partner or a time when, you, when laughter flowed easily or a time when you felt you could tell your partner your deepest secret and, and it would be accepted. We all yearn for that deep connection with someone yet few couples seem to to be able to maintain emotional intimacy for very long we we often have it at the very beginning of relationships before the conflict starts how can we maintain that wonderful intimacy in a long-term relationship though the deep and wonderful feeling of intimacy it flourishes in an atmosphere of safety And that is one of the most important things we need to understand about all forms of intimacy. It flourishes in an atmosphere of safety. So when we open up, when we feel safe, we take risks when we feel safe. When we feel safe, the challenge is how do we create the safety for another, for our partner, for our friends to be able to feel free enough to open up to us to be able to to feel loved by us to be able to disclose their secrets and their innermost feelings and concerns and and worries to us most of the time people feel safe when they are with someone who is very accepting caring and compassionate the problem is that no one is completely reliable when it comes to these qualities sometimes we we tend to feel judged and sometimes we tend to feel like we're not getting what we are out to get from the people we are giving to. You see most people have bad days when they and then they become irritable or grumpy and what happens to safety when the other person's acceptance and caring goes away when for whatever reason you, this person cannot receive you as you would love to be received as you would love to have that level of safety for you to be able to, to show your emotions or your deepest feelings. So people won't always be reliable in the sense that sometimes some are just occupied with their thoughts, some are just had, having a bad day or just grumpy, whatever the case may be. However, our sense of safety needs to come from within as well as it comes from without. And we, we need to become the person who is consistently accepting, caring, and compassionate with ourselves. For that is where it all starts. With compassion with ourselves. With with accepting ourselves and caring for ourselves. We need to be strong enough within to take another's to, to not take another person's bad day personally. We need to become centered enough within. To stand up for ourselves and and take loving care of our feelings when another person gets angry or gets blaming or, or or refuses to take responsibility or or whatever the case may be we need to become powerful enough within to stay open-hearted in the face of fear and conflict Still speaking about creating a safe environment for intimacy You see, creating a safe environment for intimacy to flourish means that each person needs to to take responsibility for creating safety within themselves, as well as safety within the relationship. We do this by practicing acceptance and, and compassion for ourselves, which will then naturally extend to others. It's very important that you always know that you cannot give what you do not have within you cannot give love that you do not have. You cannot have give care that you do not have for yourself. You cannot give understanding that you do not have for yourself. Or else we'll just take and take from others, hoping that their love will fulfill the hold that we have of love for ourselves. However, the moment we are triggered into fear, fear of rejection, of domination, of abandonment, of losing ourselves or losing the other. We often do anything but behave in a way that creates inner and relationship safety. We abandon ourselves and we become reactive. So it is very important that we don't get triggered by fear, by that fear of rejection, of domination, of abandonment, that fear of losing ourselves or losing the other because in that fear, we often do anything, and we often do anything that makes us be, uh, behave in ways that harms this safety, which is so important for the emotional intimacy that we are trying to build with our partners. Because when we abandon ourselves in that fear, or when we let that fear consume us, we we abandon ourselves, who we truly are, and we become reactive by getting angry, by complying, or or withdrawing, or we may resist. We may start blaming, or defending, or explaining, and attacking, and so on, and so all of those feelings, all of those um, symptoms, such as anger, or or withdrawal, or resistance, or or defending. None of these behaviors create inner safety nor do they contribute to relationship safety it is things that we need to always guard against in our relationships because the moment that we detect that we are angry or withdrawing it means that we are depleting the strength of this relationship or friendship we need to always be aware of our state of mind at all times so that we can always protect the intimacy that has led us to being where we are in whatever friendship, relationship that we may have in our lives. So the question becomes how, how then do we learn to stay connected, uh, to stay open hearted, and, and, and to be non reactive in the face of fear and conflict? How then do you overcome, um, how do you remain calm? How do you remain uh, connected and open hearted and, and non reactive? In the face of fear and conflict, well, the keys to practice. The keys to practice being connected with a source, of of spiritual guidance. Being connected to God, to a higher power, or however you want to define that, because when you are connected to a higher power, during peaceful times, you you are able to recharge yourself. You are able to. To refine your strength so the keys to staying connected to your spiritual guidance during peaceful times, so that when the fear and conflicts arise you have that source available to you and you can bring that comfort to your painful feelings so when you are down when you're feeling that level of fear when you're feeling that anger you can always turn to God and you give it to god and when you're feeling overwhelmed and the next person cannot understand or take you you need to be strengthened within by god because inner strength comes from close intimacy with god inner strength comes from being rooted in god and being self being, being affirmed having your identity affirmed in god it was uh, david hawkins in in his book um, where he he mentions that the strength of the ego is such that it can be overcome only by spiritual power he simply states that i simply states i states that the strength of the ego is such that it can be overcome only by spiritual power. Now, I read this passage as I was doing my research and it just stuck out for me Well this quote by David Hawkins that I, I is ego and I is who I am. And you think of how powerful that statement is that even God said I am that I am. So I is a very powerful force and because I am identifies with the next I am powerful it, it, I, that is a sense of identity I, I am strong I am I, I'm, I'm, I'm weak it, it, is a sen- it is how you are identifying yourself in that point in time and now the way to truly be strengthened within the way to have your I be strong the way that you can strengthen that ego, or that, and the ego is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it is what we are. It's how we do, identify ourselves. Every man has got an ego, and the way that you can strengthen that ego, it can only be overcome by spiritual power. So David Hawkins, who has a PhD, had, had mentioned, and when our ego. Our wounded self is activated by fear and conflict. We must be able to turn to a source of of higher power, of spiritual power, for the strength to not react with our with our land defenses. Because so many of our reactions, so many of our daily habits, of our way of interacting, of our way of building relationships. It's just nothing but land defenses, defenses that we've learned to put up, that we've learned to practice, and they became habits over years. And the strength to bring compassion to our painful feelings, to our hurts, to our disappointments, our guilt, our shame, this can be overcome by connecting to a higher power. And only then, when we are content within us, when we have that spiritual strength within us can we then have a place of safety for us to build solid relationships for us to build to have good to have good emotional intimacy because the safer we feel within ourselves and with our partner the freer we will also feel to share our joy and pain with one another which is what needs to connection and intimacy overall it's about having that safe space so the question then becomes how do you go about finding that emotional intimacy in your relationship and and how do you build it once you've found this once you've built this place of safety for one another which takes time by the way so once you've found this place of safety where you feel comfortable with another, how then do you go ahead to build emotional intimacy in that relationship? Now, there are four most important things that, that can help one to build solid intimacy that is fulfilling and joy-feeling and, and that, that gives a sense of belonging. And the first step is acceptance. In order to feel great emotional intimacy, the first thing you need to do is to learn to be accepting and non-judgmental of others. If you are keen to, to if you, you are if you are to open yourself up to your friends and loved ones, then you need to feel comfortable to open themselves up. They need to feel comfortable to to to, to open themselves up to you, and that means that you can't judge. If you have if you have that tough guy persona and you judge your friends for being emotional or for sharing their emotions or even your partner then you're not going to be the one they tend to when they're having a hard day or or when they just have things they want to let to, to release from their spirit or to share and thus you might find that there are more things you don't know about them as a result so when we don't create that place of intimacy with the people we love we build barriers between ourselves and them because there are certain things we cannot disclose to them. Likewise, if you're someone who is outwardly shocked or judgmental when, when friends admit things they are not proud of, or if you tease, then, then again you won't have the opportunity to make that connection. And of course, gossiping is also not going to win you any favors in this regard. That doesn't mean you have to be super sensitive all the time. It simply means that you have to, to have that more that sensitive and, accept, and accepting side of you too. You can tease and poke fun, but just let them know that you can also have a supportive ear when they need one. So acceptance is very important when we are to build any level of intimacy with the people in our lives. And now, second thing that is important in building any level of intimacy, be it emotional, especially emotional intimacy, it's acceptance, then it's honesty, because it's a two-way street. Any relationship is a two-way street. If if you are honest with someone, then they will be honest with you, and it is this. It is this honest and and frank exchange of ideas and thoughts and feelings that will help you to really connect and feel as though you are gaining a deeper and greater understanding of one another. And once again, you don't have to be that macho guy or girl. You don't have to try and and, and posture and, and, and pose. And you don't have to try and seem invincible like you are not feeling. You don't have to be afraid to share your emotions in case you get teased or in case it changes their perception of you. you. You just need to be open and honest and frank and speak your mind openly. And you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what happens when you do this and how much of a deeper friendship you can build. The same goes for, for all kinds of romantic relationships. Being honest and, and having that level of trust to, to be honest in, to open up and, and show your sensitive side. This is, this is what builds intimacy. This is what we all long for. You might just be surprised at, at how much deeper your understanding of one another becomes and how this can improve every aspect of your lives, even your sex life. Because honesty is about revealing self to another and showing the other that I trust you with my feelings, with my emotions. It's about showing another that I love you in spite of. And then for one to build a level of emotional intimacy, it is also very important that the two get to meet as frequently as they possibly can. That they get to have physical one-on-one meetings it's, it's, it's highly important that you have the opportunity to interact with, with friends or with your lover or with the people that you care about on a one-to-one basis. Because if you are very much an, an extrovert, then chances are that you will interact mainly in large groups and engage in larger events that involve lots of people and perhaps some kind of activity for the whole group to partake in. And this is all fine, except that it will remove the opportunity for you to really have a frank and deep discussion with each of your friends or with your partner, with your siblings or with your parents. This is how you develop deeper friendships and and that will allow you to spend time with them individually rather than only ever in a large group. And so it is important that you learn to have one-on-one meetings, that you learn to have those long conversations over the phone call, that you learn to just freely open up and speak your heart out and converse and and just connect as all human beings should. And it's also very important that in an attempt to build that level of emotional intimacy, that you don't force it, that you don't become frustrated unnecessarily. Because when you're trying to build deeper relationships, you... It has to be natural. It has to, it has. To, you have to have that patience, that room to understand that the person will open up to you when they are ready. That the person will the, knows that you are there. It's more important that the level of safety isn't harmed by you trying to force it or by you trying to see the results whenever you want to see them or as urgently as you want to see them. Because truth is that some people will be resistant to the idea of building deeper relationship some people won't like the idea and some people will will need a bit of warming up to it and instead you should just allow the situation to occur naturally by creating a comfortable environment in which to speak you need to chat and to to conversate and while you should not rely on it meanwhile a little alcohol certainly does Loosen up people, loosen people up. As anyone who has ever had a bit of alcohol uh, can also attest. And I'm not saying go become an alcoholic, but I'm saying that a conversation over a glass of wine doesn't hurt and can help for two people to whether it be friends or whether it be uh, romantic partners, it does help for the two to have a deeper emotional bond and to, to be able to talk more honestly and more frankly as well. And in this way, we are able to develop a more deeper level of emotional intimacy. Now, in a nutshell, emotional intimacy can be summed up with a couple all reaching emotional intimacy can be summed down to a few points that you need to trust deeply because emotional intimacy demands that you reveal yourself it demands that you be vulnerable it demands that you are able to to show parts of yourself you otherwise wouldn't show another Deep love requires deep trust. And it is this that which most people are afraid of. It demands that you, you be in tune with your higher purpose. That you, you, are, you are self-affirmed in God or in, in a higher power before you can extend yourself to another. Because it, when you are self-affirmed, when you are connected to your higher purpose, You get to love those on the outside from the abundance of what you already have. So there's very little that can happen between you and the one that you are intimate with which will affect you terribly or which would be beyond reproach, which would be beyond you recovering from it because you are connected to the higher power. Each of you have, in any relationship, each of you will always have a particular aspiration that you feel deeply about. And it is very important that both of you have got that sense of purpose in, in your relationships that you don't get lost in one another. And you need to release negative thinking. You need to stop calculating and judging and and, and just be present and, and be your best self at all times. This is what emotional intimacy is all about. Now, before I even end this, I think I should also dwell slightly deeper into emotional and sexual intimacy. But then I will record that on the next Frozen Thoughts Diary. My name is Tsepo H. Malawa. And welcome to yet another episode of the Frozen Thoughts Diary from the series intimacy frozen and thoughts